0: I'm Chris, and this is my Writing Table podcast, where we talk to authors and other creatives about the writing world and what it takes to create the books that we love to read. Ready? Pull up a chair and let's begin. Gary Goldstein is an award-winning writer for film, TV, and the theater, with more than 30 produced, screen, and stage credits. The New York native and longtime L.A. resident has also been a contributing film reviewer and arts feature writer for the Los Angeles Times since 2007. His first novel, the romantic comedy The Last Birthday Party, won a 2022 IBPA Benjamin Franklin Award for Excellence in Fiction, and his latest novel is The Mother I Never Had* had. Welcome, Gary.
1: Hey, how are you, Chris? Great to see you.
0: You have written extensively for Stage and Screen, and The Mother I Never Had is your second novel. So what inspired you to move from screenplays into the novel form?
1: I call it Expansion. I've constantly throughout my career, you know, expanded my writing horizons. I'm just interested in all the different uh, disciplines. And so I started off writing half-hour television. I moved into some one-hour television, expanded into screenwriting, added stage plays to the mix at some point. I recently decided I wanted to write a novel, which I had always wanted to do, but never felt that I had the time to do it. And I found the way within the whole, my whole scheduling of my work to find the time to, to actually, you know, little by little write my first novel. And I had learned so much from writing it. And it was such a great experience that I had to amortize all that knowledge and do it again, which is what I did that last year on The Mother I Never Had.
0: What novels, movies, stage performances made you think, I might want to try this writing thing?
1: Boil it down to, I had another career um, before I was a writer. I was at a college for a number of years. I was a movie publicist. I decided at a certain point that I wanted to get back to writing because I had been a a journalism major in college. I actually wanted to be a film critic. That was the job that I wanted to write for a big daily newspaper back then. But that didn't happen. Those jobs were few and far between. So I ended up getting into movie publicity, which I really enjoyed until the point where I realized I need to get back to what I call the other side of the table. We used to have these big marketing meetings and these giant round tables and half the table would be the creative people, half the table would be the marketing people. And, And I was like... I wanna be on that other side of that table. So I decided to start writing. Um, but so I still had my marketing job. I was on a plane, and I was reading a book called The Accidental Tourist by Ann Tyler. And I had never read anything by hers before. And I loved that book, and it really spoke to me. And I was like, mm, you know, I wish I could do something like this. The TV show 30 Something was on. And I loved that show, which I could do as well as this. Things, Accidental Terrorist, 30-something, that really spoke to me at a particular time in my life. And I just said, I'm going to do it. And I put one foot in front of the other, and it took maybe a year or so. Maybe, yeah, I think about a year. And I eventually left my job and started writing. I started off writing for television. I got kind of lucky in the beginning. It can be a really complicated uh, career. I wrote it out. I've always just never given up. And that's my my motto. I, I always say, you know, no matter when it's hard as a writer or any business, really, if you give up, it'll never happen. But, you know, realities play into it and you have to make a living, you have to feel good about yourself. You have to do good work. I mean, it's all that stuff, you know, it's hard. I know a lot of people who ended up in, you know, writing screenplays or or writing for television and had some success and then, you know, just couldn't get back to it and had to move on to something else. And I I totally respect it. I mean, it's like, you have to live your life and you have to find your own degree of of, of impact and success. But I ultimately was fortunate enough to be able to kind of do both. Whenever anybody says, what's your best advice for aspiring writers is just hang in there. Do not let go. Do not stop. If you really love it and you really want to do it, do not stop and good things will happen. It just takes time.
0: Amen. Well, I love that you brought up 30 something. I was in college. My friend Susie the night Gary died.
1: Gary Shepard from 30 something was the worst TV death. It was a total shock.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was such a great show, though. I mean, they so good. they really got to the heart of relationships. Shows like 30-something and what was that? St. Elsewhere. And before that was The Paper Chase. You know, you look at those, those oh, I love shows. That. Yeah. And I think because they were a series, they took the time to really explore those relationships. Yes. It was really and that great. was at a
1: time when they had 22 episodes a season. You know, none of this mm-hmm. eight episodes a season. You know, it was really a, you got the full plate.
0: Their competition was books and movies. not streaming services. Gone are those days. Tell us a little bit about The Mother I Never Had.
1: Okay. Um, Most of my writing, uh, whether it's been uh, for TV or film or or stage, has been comedy, romantic comedy, dramedy, family comedy, dramedy, high concept. Uh, uh, It's mostly, I've written some dramas along the way and some mysteries and things, but by and large, it's been more in the comedy space. And my first book, The Last Birthday Party, which came out last year, was ultimately a romantic comedy. It's ultimately how I categorize it. It's very serious in many ways, but it also has a lot of humor to it. And when I came up with the idea for this book, The Mother I Never Had, which is about a man at 30 years old, discovers he has a mother who he never knew existed. He was told his mother was somebody else who died in childbirth his father dies when he's 30 and shortly after his father dies the father raised him from alone as a single dad since uh since you know birth and in, in his mind he uh, discovers a secret that the father was holding back from him all these years and his father was a great guy very beloved charming handsome a college professor a literature professor and nate my main character just idolized his father what happens when you find out that, that the man that you have idolized not only has died on you left you an orphan but also has held back a secret for your entire life that basically will now upend and change the rest of your life. The seed of the idea for me was Many years ago, my mother died when I was 30 and she was 62, which strangely or not is the age that Nate was when his father died and, and how old his father Jim was when he died. And we were really close. And and after she died, I would had these moments where I would like, I wouldn't say I thought I saw her crossing the street. I knew it wasn't her, but you know, you'd see people. It's like, oh, she looks like, you know, my mother. Or, and, you know, you get in your head a little bit like I missed that maternal dynamic. My father was still alive. He lived many years after he lived a very long life. And so I was fortunate to have him in my life for the, you know, for so many more years. but I missed the mother dynamic. And uh, so I would think, well, what would happen if you know there was another mother out there for me? I didn't want it not to be my actual mother, my you know, my biological mother, but Seed of the idea always stuck with me. And I never did anything with it. It was a long time ago. But eventually, and I've written about mothers and sons and families a lot in my writing, but I decided with this book to bring back the seed of that idea and just spin it into a total what if story that had nothing to do with my life in any way. I found the way into the characters and their own flaws and the ways that these people were just getting in, in their own way of moving forward in life. I outlined it, I kind of knew where I was going with it, but there were lots of surprises along the way, as Nate, the main character, finds out all these surprises as he goes on his journey, discovering that he has this mother that he'd know he he had. I didn't know where I was going at certain points with it. I mean, I knew where I wanted to end up, but, you know, as you write, things present themselves. And I found some, you know, really fun surprises that I thought could mess with his head essentially and, you know, Mm -hmm. give us more conflict and and that kind of thing. We all come from some kind of dysfunctional family or another, no matter how much love and support there may be. And, you know, we're families, people are complicated and every relationship is not that clear. And so I think that's what people really relate to and respond to. And I'm obviously a big book person. So I made uh, Nate... uh, Nate's father, Jim, a literature professor. So books play a very important part in the um, in the story, and they were everything to to Jim. But Nate was never really a big reader, and he becomes a reader, you know, to, to honor his father's memory, you know, as time goes on and pulls out all his father's books and all of that. And the book opens with him watching a lecture that his father is giving on The Great Gatsby. And Nate is a, a professional landscape designer, and you know, much of it takes place as he and his crew are, are landscaping different homes. Writing these books has been an incredibly joyous experience, and I'm just so glad to have them out there.
0: Because you have published and produced work in other genres... Mm-hmm. How has publishing these novels been different?
1: In some ways, similar; in other ways, very different from uh, you know the TV and film. It's a little more like my stage experience. I've written a lot of stage plays that have been produced. As a playwright, you are very in the mix all the time. You're very you're kind of the last word with a lot of it. And it's a very collaborative process. Not that TV isn't, or movies to a little lesser extent, but there's something about the stage where you really get to mix it up, you know, and you really get to be very much a part of every facet of it. My experience with these books has been similar. Maybe it was just my publisher. I've had a great relationship and 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 we were really a team putting this book together. And the funny thing is that as a screenwriter, I'm so used to over the years getting tons and tons of notes from networks from executives from producers about my writing and that's just all part of it you start off with this big hunk of clay which is your script and you hone it and you hone it and you shape it and you mold it until it's kind of what, where everybody thinks it should be and then it's put in front of a camera and you know it takes on a life of its own like well the editor was like look I, on my first book she's i have a lot of notes and i have lots of suggestions for cuts but, you know, you decide, you know, you, I'm going to lay it out in front of you. Let's talk about it. See what you think. And I was like, you don't have to be so careful. I'm used to notes all the time. Wow. I'm happy to get notes. I love good collaboration. I love smart notes. And I have to say with my first book, that editor, the editor, she also edited the second book, was just did a brilliant job. She took the book down from 98,000 to 84,000 words. Wow. With that we didn't lose story moment somehow. I was happy to kill my darlings. There was only one scene that she recommended cutting that I was like, no, I'm keeping that scene. I love that scene. It's my favorite scene. They said, fine. And then I reread it a couple of times. And I was like, I get it. I like mm-hmm. the scene, but I'll use it another time. So from that part of it, it's been really good. And then just the general marketing is different. What I realized which I didn't know was how many book supporters there are out there, you know, bloggers, um, Instagrammers, mm-hmm. podcasts, you know, book reviewers. I mean, it's just it's such a rich world of people who love books. And that was like I felt like I found my people. You know, it, it was really uh, it was great as somebody who loves books. I, it's so great to talk to people who who have the same passion for books. And then you also learn when you write a book, how many people don't read books? You know, how many people are not readers?
0: Yeah, it's funny how between book one and book two, I think we write differently. We're more economical with our words because you, just, you realize what propels the story and what right. doesn't.
1: Well, in a script, I've written lots of TV movies and feature films, and you know, uh, episodic TV scripts. And those are very, very much about less is more. There's kind of a finite page count to them. You get into a scene at the most pivotal moment, you get out of it at the most pivotal moment. It's a great lesson in economy. And you can bring that to novel writing, or you kind of expand on a little bit, but then pull it back as you need to. So I learned I learned a lot. And, and as a journalist too, for, for many years, I've been a film reviewer and, and a feature writer for the LA Times. And that really, in its own way, has really helped my prose writing. I found all the disciplines of my writing have fed on each other and helped each other.
0: Have you read anything interesting lately?
1: Uh, yeah, I've read so many good books. It's like, I've got a stack. I should move this camera around <laughs> and show you the stack. I was given like... My birthday was in September. I was given like so many great books. I'm, I'm reading a, a really enjoyable book now, This Time Tomorrow by um Oh
0: yeah
1: Anne Stroud. Really
0: interesting. I listened to the audio book and then uh-huh. my husband and I drove to Telluride and and we listened to it again because I wanted yeah. him to listen to it. I just
1: I read what's called Nora Goes Off Script um by Annabelle Monahan. Yeah. Love that. Book. I got in touch with the author, just I had to tell him how much I loved it. It was great. Not dissimilar to things that I, like TV movies I've written and things like that, these kind of fantasies I've written. I, I wrote a Christmas movie. Uh, For Hallmark, that's going to be on November 5th, and it's called Lights, Camera, Christmas. And there's a similarity to it. It's about a a movie company that comes to this small Colorado town to film a Christmas movie. And a woman who lives in the town ends up working on the film and uh, ends up something of a romance with the lead, the actor, who's the king of Christmas movies having just written that, uh, Nora goes off script, which has a, sim- a similar theme. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful book. It's so well written. I loved one of my favorite books last year, uh, was called Oh, William. Mm-hmm. Love the writing in that book. Loved Dan Tyler's recent books. I just read all of her stuff. The Paris Apartment I read. That was really, uh, a friend of mine wrote a couple of uh, mysteries recently. Uh, she has a new one called Over My Dead Bodies, Susan Walter. It's a really, really good uh, kind of Hollywood thriller. It's coming out November 1st.
0: Okay. So in your view, what are some of the most important elements of good writing?
1: You know, I think honesty is very important. Mm-hmm. There's a great, we're talking about 30-something. It was a great, great 30-something, my favorite one. So Michael writes a story. And if, if you remember, it was when Ken Olin's character, Michael, he goes to a, a, a fiction writing class and he's just really not very good at the fiction that he's writing but he does pull from real life for something and the teacher who's a real hard nose she says i didn't like what everything you wrote but i like this moment it was real and she didn't know that it came from a real thing that he shouldn't have been expressing (laughs) you want people to relate to your characters i don't believe in the oh they have to be likable per se uh, but you have to you have to relate to them, you have to be rooting for them in, in one way or mm-hmm. another. Tony Soprano is not a great guy. Making the reader relate to people's problems and choices and 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 all of that, you know, we don't have to be just like the people in our books, but I think finding the commonality, kind mm-hmm. of the, the general commonalities is really important.
0: What's the most fun thing that you have discovered about writing?
1: Honestly, just being able to create worlds, to create characters who you know I, I i would say sometimes your characters are are have a lot of you in them sometimes they're an amalgam of people that you know or have known in your life other times they're just created from a whole cloth that's really the most fun to put put people together in a situation and see where it takes them to Move people to to make people laugh to to bring people some kind of enjoyment. I know how much enjoyment I have gotten out of reading books over my whole life, and how meaningful they are to me as are movies and great TV and all of that. And I know how it's shaped and changed my life so much and broadened my life so much, and and just you know brought so much pleasure to my life. And I enjoy the creative process. I, I enjoy creating. I I, I enjoy certainly. Seeing the finished product come to fruition—if you're lucky enough to write scripts and actually have them produced, to you know write books and have them published—I mean, it's it's very gratifying, and and uh, you know it's what what we as writers aspire to, you know. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to get enough work along the way and do other work that's non-screenwriting or novel-writing mm-hmm. work on the way. It's been a really wonderful experience, and writing these books has been just a great cap to to all of it. And I just hope to keep writing more.
0: Thank you, Gary.
1: thanks, Chris. Great to talk to you.
0: To learn more, visit GaryGoldsteinLA.com. If you're enjoying The Writing Table, please consider leaving us a review. There are so many podcasts out there. Reviews help other listeners find us. Thanks so much for your support.